Welcome to History Times, a Social Studies 8 media production. Thank you to our contributors, and of course, our wonderful host, Iago Marsh. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Iago Marsh. Today we have not one, not two, not three, but four special guests who have joined us to talk about their impact on the Renaissance. Our first guest is... Me, the one, the only, Martin Luther. I am a... Thank you, Martin. Just please be quiet for two seconds. I still have to do the introduction. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm just short of music. Yes, our first guest is the incredible Martin Luther, a religious figure who has had a huge impact. So let's start at the very beginning. Where were you born? Yeah, so I was born on November 10th, 1463, to my mother Margaret and my father Hans. We lived a simple life, and one morning when I was 22, I was caught in a horrible storm, and I was struck by lightning. <gasps> Yes, it was quite terrifying. <laughs> anyway, perfectly. Oh, yeah. So when I was struck, I cried out to the saint Anne, and then I went to the monastery to become a monk. After a few fails, I realized the church was very corrupt, so I began my research against it. That's right. And you wrote 95 theses. I wrote the 95 theses because I noticed that the indulgences, they were very unfair to the people and they were causing citizens to lose money that they didn't have to lose. I wanted them to have more freedom of religion and break away from the Christian church. And so I took my theses about the horribleness of the indulgences and I nailed them to the church's door. That sounds like a very key event in your journey to starting the Reformation. Yeah, it was. Without me, the people would still be wasting money on indulgences. Now, for the last couple of years, you were in hiding, correct? Yeah, when the church realized I was a threat, they called me before the emperor and told me to give up my ideas. But when I refused, they declared me an outlaw and wanted me killed. I went into hiding. What would you say is another key event in your career? Yeah, so many people were unable to read the Bible because it was only written in Latin. So I translated it into German so more people could read it. I believe the Bible should be the people's guide to the religion, not the church. Yes, that is so true. Now, unfortunately, we are out of time, but thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to... You should be shaking me. I am a wonderful man, and you are and you are a truly lucky person to have me on your show. Um, thanks. All right, on to our next guest. Secondly, the world-famous painter Michelangelo was able to join us here at History Times for an exclusive interview regarding the revelation of his latest masterpiece, The Sistine Chapel. Welcome, Michelangelo. Our listeners are curious to know a little bit about you. Well, I was born on Florence. (laughs) 
I mean, in Florence, Italy, on the 6th of March, 1475. I was the second of five children. Very nice. How did you become an artist? I started studying painting under the guidance of Gerardio, and him and his amazing painting friends taught me so many fantastic things. I would not be here today without him. Now, you have just revealed your latest artwork of art. <laughs> this is the chapel. This is certainly a key event in your career. How did you get the job of painting such a masterpiece? Oh, please. You make it sound like it was difficult, but not. But of course it wasn't for someone such as great as myself. Pope Julius commissioned me to paint the Sistine Chapel ceiling when I was 33 years old. At first I declined the offer because I consider myself a sculptor, not a painter. And secondly, I disagreed with Pope Julius's version of how the painting should look. I only took the job once he agreed that I could paint the Sistine Chapel the way I thought it should look. Do you know what impacts you had on worldview during the Renaissance? I had an impact on knowledge because I changed the way that people th thought about art and religion as my painting showed them new realism and depictions of religious events. And I also impacted economy because more people came to visit the chapel. That is quite interesting. I'm sure all of our listeners would love to hear more about you, but I do need to speak with some other people. Thanks for coming and have a wonderful day. The pleasure was mine, Iago. Talk to you later. Doodle pip. Actually, I have one more question. You're from Italy, yet you speak with a distinct British accent. Why is this, Mikey? <laughs> oh dear, some secrets must never be revealed. Coming to your flush toilet today. This week only, they're 50% off, meaning they only cost a small sum of 5,000 euros. Come to yours today at Renee's store. Please give a warm welcome to our third guest, Nicholas. Copernicus, the amazing astronomer. Hello, I'm so pleased to be here. How are you today, Mr. Marsh? I'm good. A little annoyed after listening to Luther rant about himself, but not too bad. Anyway, let's get started with your interview. I'm sure there are so many incredible details to your life, so let's start at the beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Well, on February 19th, 1473, I was born in Turin, a city in Poland, Port, Port, Poland. I went to University of Pandua and then I got, a, I got, a, I got, I studied library arts, including astronomy and astro astrology. Wow, that's amazing. So how did you get into astronomy? Well, one day I was talking to my friend, Dominic Maria no Novara. And before you know it, two hours had gone by and we talked about nothing but astronomy. Soon we moved in together and far from that, from that day, I discovered my passion for astronomy. Wow, that was, what a beautiful story, Nicholas. I'm sure 
Mr. Novara had a huge impact on your career. Yes, he certainly did. Now, let's talk about your greatest accomplishment, coming up and discovering the theory of the heliocentrism of heliocentrism. Why don't you explain to our listeners what your theory is and how you came up with it? Certainly. Well, as you said, one of the theories I, I invented was a theory of a heliotorismus. The theory of of the of the heliotorismus state states that what are that our Earth and other planets orbit around the sun, whereas many people believe that orbits around the Earth. Com- coming up with theory it itself is a long story, much long for this podcast. But in summary, I studied the behavior of planets and imagined different scenarios with different, with different arrangements of planets that, that led to me discovering heliocentrismic. That sounds like it took a long time, but I'm also very glad that you have made your mark. In your words, why what, why is your contribution important to Europe and the Renaissance? Well, I think my theory is important because, because that the understanding Earth is not the center of the planets and the universe. And that and that is not and that is is not orbited by other planets and stars. Change people are pre- perspective of their place in the universe forever. Yes, it certainly did. So your theory changed the people's view of our universe. But if we were to narrow it down to our to just our planet, how do you think it would impact people's worldview? Well, I think their heliocentric model changed people's beliefs and knowledge. Their beliefs and knowledge involved more by knowing that all of our plants revolved around the sun. The people, the people could think about space and know more about the universe and it led to more questions and discoveries. Thank you so much for joining us today and perhaps we'll, we will see you on, again on the show. You're, all, you're most welcome, Mr. Marsh. Have a wonderful day. famous Galileo was able to join us here at History Times for an exclusive interview. Welcome, Galileo. Our listeners are curious to know a little bit about you. All right. Well, on February the 18th, 1564, I was born in in Tuscan, a city of Pisa. But in in the summer of 1581, I enrolled in the University of Pisa to pursue a degree in medicine. But in 1585, I, I left the University of Pisa without a, have obtaining a, a degree. In summer 1609, the news of the invention of the telescope reaches Italy, my hometown, and I developed my own device in August. In the, in the autumn of 1609, I make my first discovery using the telescope that, that, I, that I invented. And I... And my first observation was was discovering an uneven uneven surface of the moon. Also, in January 1610, I discovered four moons orbiting Jupiter. 
What were some key events that happened during your lifetime? Well, since I was a polymath and made contributions to the science of motion, astronomy, and strength of materials, and to and to and development of the scientific method, I also made amazing telescope discoveries that 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 the tells that I made, including the fourth the the fourth largest moon of Jupiter. That's so amazing. Okay, moving on. What was your contribution to the Renaissance? Well, I think since I was the first person to to use it to, to invent my own invent my own version of the telescope for astronomy, I I I discovered the moon of Jupiter, and this changed scientists and people's thoughts on in astronomy forever, and could and could maybe help help future astronomy astronomers in the future. Wow, that's amazing. Why do you think that your discoveries were important? I think my my discoveries inspired other astronomers to help look more de- more in depth in our solar system. And maybe in the future it could help astronomers know more about the solar system, like I said earlier. Okay, another question. What was your impact on worldview? Well, since I made many discoveries, the the people the people of of the Renaissance knowledge evolved by my own knowledge to think more deeply about astronomy and the world. Thank you for being so much for being here today, Galileo. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. Anyways, folks, that wraps up the episode. This is your host, Iago Marsh. Thanks for listening to History Time. Thank you for listening to History Times, a Social Studies 8 media production. Another huge shout out to our sponsors at Renate Store, and of course, our wonderful host, Iago Marsh. Thank you for listening to our podcast and supporting us. Did you know that 39% of our listeners come from Dallas, Texas. Maybe cows really like our podcast. Have a great day and don't die.